friends. Welcome to the first episode to the relaunch podcast, Growing Resilient with me, Jules. It's been about two years since I've started this journey, and I've grown in many different ways through my goals, values, lifestyle, moving from one city to another, and the relationships I've had with many different people in all walks of life. However, despite constantly evolving and changing from who I was yesterday, the one thing that has remained constant is my positive outlook on love and life. Now, don't get me wrong, I've had my fair share of disappointments, failed relationships and situationships, and if you're familiar with any of today's modern dating world terminologies, I've been ghosted, breadcrumbed, love-bombed, monkey-branched, orbited, and unknowingly been the other woman. I mean, you name it. And it all sucks. But it never stopped me from being hopeful to my next encounter and potential love interest. Walking into each new situation as taking a chance and accepting that if it doesn't work, It will at least have me one step closer to finding my person and hopefully I won't make the same mistake twice. Or at least I try not to. Many of my friends have commented that I treat my bad and unfortunate circumstances with maturity and calmness. I mean, sometimes it's meant as a criticism because it looks like I am too nice, too understanding, and I need to protect and stand up for myself a bit more because I give too much benefit of the doubt. And honestly, I find that a bit surprising. Not saying that I don't know this about myself because I do know that I could be very forgiving, but more so that how not many people feel and cope with disappointment and failure the same ways that I do. Yet, I bounce back fairly more quickly than my peers, all without holding or creating new toxic patterns and habits that are commonly developed when bad traumatic things have happened to us. So with that said, I wanted to share just that. How do I personally cope with disappointments in dating? I know there are plenty of resources out there on how to deal But this is just what works specifically for me. Not everyone may agree, but I hope this will resonate with you as you, my listener, uh, as I give insights on how I'm able to navigate the dating world with continuous hope and optimism. So here are my three personal secrets to cope with disappointment and change your mindset when things don't go the way you hope and plan in love and dating. When I was in my 20s, whenever I entered the possibility of dating someone new, I would get way ahead of myself. I would be super quick to know where the guy stood, where where was the relationship going, and be emotional and overact when things don't pan out the way how I hoped. This definitely didn't go well in any sense, and eventually it would lead to disappointment. Now that I'm older and wiser, I've learned many lessons and doing this tactic that I'm about to share has not only reduced the length of time in my disappointment, but has allowed me to gracefully learn to let things go. 
And that is by treating others how you want to be treated all while keeping expectations low. And I say low because having no expectations is very difficult. Humans are naturally curious beings who typically have desired outcomes. It's fair to say we wonder how something will play out. So walking into situations like a date or a relationship, an event, a job interview, test results, or even cooking a dish for the first time, whatever the case may be, you wonder and hope for a non-horrible experience, right? So unless you are completely clueless and walking into it blindly, adjusting expectations is important. I personally find keeping them low is the best. Now, this type of approach and mindset is basically living life with the possibilities of surprise while not being attached to a particular outcome. I notice my disappointment stem from wanting to reach the end goal in my own timeline and not keeping in mind the other person's timeline. We all want a sense of control in our lives, right? So to be in the driver's seat and take the wheel towards the direction that we want. And if we aren't, we're filled with anxiety. Not many people are good with uncertainty. I knew that I wasn't in the beginning. The unknown can be scary. So taking control is the only natural way to feel secure. However, I come to learn that you can't control everything. It's too much and not possible. Some things are just out of your control, like other people. Other people who have their own goals, their own thoughts, and their own emotions completely separate from your own. So you're lying to yourself if you think you could change or control someone else. Like if they say they aren't looking for a relationship, don't think that with time that you will change their mind. And then you become completely disappointed when they end up doing exactly what they said that they said before. And it remains true that they weren't looking for a relationship. So it's just yeah, you can't really control people. I also realize when I let go of what I can't control and focus on what I can, such as how I treat others and lowering my expectations, it's easy to be optimistic and patient, which in return, I am much more happier, softens my feelings of disappointment when I had no expectations to be disappointed from, and it reduces my anxiety. Basically, removing all sense of pressure. It's always a good thing to treat others how you want to be treated as well, too. This includes not being petty, y'all. I avoid being petty as much as possible. It may feel good at the moment, but it reflects a poor light and adds flame to the fire. It feels so much better to be the bigger and better person. And if you catch yourself needing to be the bigger and better person, you need to find better people (laughs) and not be surrounded by smaller people, just like kind of an, you know, I'm inserting that there, but, um, but yeah, I don't know about you, but it gives me more anxiety thinking about how a situation would be better if I didn't do anything petty. Um, so why do it to begin with? I always treat people the way how I want to be treated, which is with kindness and respect. 
So treating others how I want to be treated also lessens the reason for disappointment in myself. Knowing I approach people with kind, respectful, positive manners, it doesn't leave much room for interpretation of what could and the feelings of regret either. And most of the time, it turns out great because people love to be treated with respect. And if it doesn't, it tells me more about the other person's character rather than my own. And I'd rather, you know, I honestly rather be disappointed in someone else than in myself. Now, I know that can't always be the case. We make mistakes and end up being disappointed in ourselves. And that's okay. We are human. This is where treating others the way you want to be treated alleviates that. But if you didn't and you ended up being the jackass, that's a lesson to learn in those cases. So friends, always treat others with respect, especially the ones you are dating that have disappointed you. None of that petty shit that I know lots of people love to do. And adjusting your expectations because doing both of these will reduce the feeling of being disappointed, at least within yourself. That brings me to my second point. And that is taking five minutes to step into the other person's shoes or situation to understand why they did what they did and briefly put aside your point of view and emotions. Basically, being empathetic. I know empathy doesn't come easily to everyone, but it does for some. So for me, I am such a people person. It naturally comes to me. It's hard to explain how to be empathetic because how can one step into another person's shoes? It's impossible. But the best way I could explain it is by reflecting and asking yourself the simple and basic question of what and why. What do I see and hear and why did they do what they did regardless of how I'm feeling about it? It's having the mindset that there are always two sides to a story and both can be correct. Many people are super quick to judge, fill in the blanks, and not look at circumstances objectively. The key word here is objectively, you guys. Being overly emotional can completely make us incapable of doing so. Don't get me wrong. It's not always easy to be empathetic when you're disappointed. It takes practice. I can also be very emotional. But validating and experiencing your emotions and having boundaries are very important part of this process. However, in my experience, really stepping outside of myself to understand the other person for like five minutes has allowed me to have more grace and understanding for the other person, allowed space to ask important questions that matter, show more appreciation and respect for the other person's feeling regardless if I agree with them or not. Sometimes we are in our own echo chamber ruminating what just happened through our personal perspective and it's easy to take things very personally and be on the defense. Our brains naturally do this because we feel threatened and we must protect ourselves. 
which is why I said earlier that people are surprised that I could be too nice and understanding from when someone did me wrong. But okay, here's the thing. I strongly believe that I have a good sense of people's characters and their motives. So I've trained myself to think that the people I choose to let in my life have good intentions. And obviously, those who don't, I keep my distance, but that's besides the point. So even if the execution of their intentions are not always great, again, they are human. I don't have those expectations for people to be perfect. And I don't have the desire to have any control over them. So, of course, I could be understanding and empathetic and compassionate. I also don't want to live my life with my guard up. So saying that I'm naive or, you know, to to think the best of people who don't deserve it is not true. I have boundaries and I know how to drop someone if I'm not getting that respect. But, you know, in most cases, I like to think the best of people because I treat people how I'd like to be treated. This practice of empathy has refrained my mind that my emotions are valid, but so are other people's. Being aware that even if you are the main character of your life, the world doesn't revolve around you. I mean, that's, that's a reality check. And pausing for a moment and stepping into their shoes allows space to view from a different lens. And it brings clarity to your emotions. And in a sense, creating your own closure, which helps with coping with disappointment. Now, I know sometimes that's not always possible. Sometimes we have no idea what or why things happened. You're left confused as fuck. I know I felt disappointed when someone like ghosts me and I begin to overthink and wonder what the heck happened. Sometimes you're given nothing and having the rug pulled underneath you. I personally really hate being ignored and it's something that I'm trying to process and work through still. I will talk more about ghosting in an upcoming episode soon, so please stay tuned for when I release that episode. But anyways, that brings me to my final point, and that is uh, to give yourself time to reflect with how you feel and make sure you take care of yourself mentally and physically. Sometimes I'm not so kind to myself when I'm feeling stressed and consumed by anxiety and disappointment. I have the tendency to not prioritize my sleep, my diet is crap, my apartment is messy, and it's hard to focus on work or any personal projects or hobbies. This leads me to feeling physically insecure because I'm super bloated and my skin is breaking out, and then I'm exhausted and too overwhelmed to clean my apartment with the dishes piling up, the mountain of laundry I need to do, and the trash I need to collect and take out. It's just chaotic to be productive in my space, and I feel awful and just want to sulk even deeper in my sadness. The one thing I do to help climb out of this funk is to journal. I used to journal in my diary on a daily basis growing up. It was the only place where I could express what I needed to express and just word dump everything I needed out of my head. Some entries would reflect on the entire day and others would be just me ranting on my problems. Eventually, I would find answers to what is bothering me as I'm writing 
these entries out. Nowadays, I like journaling in this app called One Day Journal. It's basically a journal on your phone. Uh, but you could add like photos, videos, and do voice to text, and it's password protected. I absolutely love it. Just note that this is not a sponsored episode. They are not a sponsor, but I love the app so much. So I am, I'm totally okay with talking about um, their, what this app has to offer. So, hey, one day journal team, if you want to sponsor me, I'd completely be an advocate for your app because it's truly one of the things that I do on a daily basis and it, and it has helped me with my, with my mental health. Anyways, in addition to the benefits of journaling, uh, then I would begin to have a strong sense of starting fresh and prioritizing self-care. I feel empowered to create new and healthy morning or evening routines that puts my physical and mental health in the forefront, like going to the gym, having a good skincare routine, reading more books, drinking more water, and also creating new goals and focusing my energy on working on them. It eventually becomes too jolting in my lifestyle and very ambitious, but eventually I find what works and I come out to my quote-unquote normal self while keeping some new habits in the process. All I'm saying is that time is on your side and feeling disappointed doesn't last. It's important not to compromise contemplate and overthink too long since that's not mentally healthy for you but it's okay to feel like shit and go through a messy phase so you could wake up and recalibrate yourself to go back to how you normally were even better if you've gained healthy habits and a healthier lifestyle so to recap on what i talked about on this episode the way how i cope with disappointment is different than how most people would, or maybe not. I would love to hear from you guys if any of this is what you personally do. But uh, what has helped me recover and bounce back quickly without gaining any toxic behaviors is by one, adjusting my expectations and continue to treat the person or situation the way how I want to be treated, which is with kindness and respect. None of that petty petty bullshit. Two, be empathetic and take a brief moment to understand their perspective objectively. And three, take time to process your disappointment, really relish in it, and then also take care of your physical and mental health. So yeah, that's pretty much it. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you've reached the end of this episode, I I must be doing something right. <laughs> I hope you're able to uh, resonate and gain any insights with any of the points that I've made. And I will continue to make more episodes in the very near future. And very excited to have you guys come along with me uh, on this renewed journey. Please rate and send a review on Apple Podcasts. It helps not only the podcast, but allows other listeners find the show as well. The Growing Resilient with Jules is available wherever you listen to podcasts. Until next time.